0: Good day, I'm Anne Dolinchik, and you're listening to Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing. Today, we're in conversation with Claire Bowen, Senior Brand Manager at Shouty Shower at Anker. She's been with the company for five years and has over 20 years' experience in FMCG, B2B, and telecoms marketing. Grab a coffee and listen as we discuss how Claire's perception of influencer marketing has changed over the last couple of years and why. Why using influencer marketing adds the personal touch to a bigger marketing campaign and Claire's biggest learnings on running influencer campaigns. If you enjoy this podcast, you will also enjoy our fortnightly newsletter that keeps you up to date with influencer news from around the world. Subscribe at the link in the show notes.
1: This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano-influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to their existing customers, but not a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The SALT solves the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The SALT have a database of over 140,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match your brand to the right influencers. Reach out to them now and see what they can do for you.
0: Hi Claire, thank you again for joining us today. And before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of this episode and have our conversation about influencer marketing, can you maybe please tell us more about yourself and your journey with your marketing career and your responsibilities that it is day-to-day at Amcab?
2: Okay. Thanks, Anne. And thanks for having me on. Um, my name is Clare Bowen. I've had a, quite a long and varied career in marketing over the last over 20, 20 years. So um, I've worked in, um, at the moment, I'm an FMCG at Anka and I've had other FMCG positions, also some business to um, business, telecoms industry, and even some agency experience when I started out. So yeah, I've been a, a long and interesting career path. I'm at Anka, as I say, and I'm the senior brand manager um, on Shower to Shower and Shower to Shower Men. Within those brands, we have Obviously, the deodorant side of things. And then we also have, we're into body wash now, and we're actually looking at launching into further personal care categories. And yeah, my my day to day job really revolves around everything from new product development, research, campaigns above and below the line, trade marketing. Yeah, it's a very very diverse day in the life of Claire.
0: That's amazing. That also means that you have such a nice holistic view of products and of how it's made and the marketing from start to finish.
2: Absolutely. It's, it's always good to, you know, be on board, especially right at the beginning of a project and you go on with your, your work all the way through and to actually see the end results and have your product and your brand proudly on shelf um, is very satisfying.
0: I can only imagine. It must be so nice that this your, I always say marketers, your brands are like your little babies. And then when you see people use it and liking it, it must be like so amazing to be like, yeah, I was part of that. Yeah,
2: it's so, a proud um, moment for us brand mothers. <laughs>
0: absolutely. So when we look at influencer marketing, the FNCG brands were always amongst the early adopters. Um, so in your experience, why do you think this was and why also did audiences kind of gravitate towards this kind of content at the beginning?
2: Um, it's a good question and um, I think that FMCG brands and brand owners have always been, you know, right at the top of looking for new techniques, new ways to market, so they've always been on board with new um, new ways of marketing pretty quickly and I think with we saw the opportunity of using influencers to really a, new, a brand new way to kind of insert your brand into that consumer's life in a, in a way that is different to all the other sort of touch points that we use. So, yeah, really just inserting the brand into someone's life and making it part of their everyday lifestyle. I think that's why it is such a popular medium. And then on the converse, I think in the same way, you know, consumers – become more part of your brand journey because they can really shape, they feel they can shape the brand as well and interact with the influencer and actually have some say over, you know, how how the brand functions and, and who the brand is. So they become really part of that conversation. Um, no,
0: for sure. And I also feel like, It's like if it's an influencer speaking about a certain product, and I'm not talking about the big macros now, but more the nano and the micro guys, it's also, they're so accessible. And I feel Mm. like if I see them use it, it's so much much more relatable. Maybe using shower when they're going to gym or when they're running a thousand errands, I can totally relate to that.
2: Mm, Absolutely. I mean, if the influencer is someone that they can relate to and not necessarily a mega superstar, um, but someone that 's like me or you know um, has the same mindset as me it 's much easier to interact, and I think it in a way it almost gives the consumer a bit of a sense of belonging and a kind of a affirmation you know that um, well you know here's someone that I really look up to and that I can relate to, and they telling me about this brand or you know giving me their experience of the brand, so it becomes very relatable.
0: So over the last couple of years, I think we're all very aware that even in influencer marketing, as with the whole marketing space, has just kind of rapidly changed in such a short space of time and it's evolved and there's was always like kind of new things coming in every day. For you, have you seen any big shifts or any big trends that's happened in the influence marketing space and the FMCG side of things?
2: I think so. I think, you know, we're always saying how fast things are changing and influencer marketing has also evolved. Um, I think that there's a bunch of changes, but I would say one of the biggest is is the move away from some sort of your A-list celebrities to your smaller influences where the audience is so much more engaged and feels like they have more of a personal relationship with that person. A second one, I think, is video. And we always we always say, you know, video is king, and video gets better views, and people people relate to it more. And I think people want the entertainment factor from the experiences on social media. So anything with video in it is always going to be prioritized, but it's becoming more and more so to a point where you actually can't Afford to use still images anymore? It's got to be entertaining video content.
0: Look, I I agree with you there. If you just see the rise of that short form video content in the context of TikTok and Reels, Mm. it's it's everywhere, and it's a fantastic way to get your your brand out there. Whether it be entertaining, I think that's a massive part of it, but also kind of edutainment, where people are kind of learning things. And I feel like there's still space for static, but it needs to be like a really good mix. Of the two mediums to really get your um, messaging across properly.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, brands are always looking for these these sort of these partnerships, and to um, form these partnerships and create content that is that is engaging and beautiful to look at. And so, absolutely. I mean, we'll continue to you know create the best content that we can.
0: Let me ask you, when did Shower to Shower decide to go the influencer marketing route and put that part
2: of their next? Since it came out, you know, I've been in the industry for quite a long time. And so Mm -hmm. as soon as influencer marketing came on the scene, we wanted to get involved. And some brands at Amco were quicker onto it than others. And over the last three to four years, I would say, there's definitely been more of an emphasis on using influencer uh, marketing as part of the marketing mix. We always try and have a, have a, we'd rather have a conversation with the target audience than, for example, some of the other media, which are more like just talking to somebody, you know. So I think it's just the way things are changing that people don't want to be talked to. They want to be part of the conversation. They want to feel like it's more targeted at me as opposed to like just everyone. So, so yeah, we've always, we've always, in the last three, four years, tried to work influencer marketing into the campaign and it is becoming more and more important.
0: That's an incredibly important point that you're making, an insightful one, where a lot of the mediums or the traditional, the more traditional mediums of marketing is very much speaking at people. Where influencer marketing is that kind of two-way street, that accessibility, mm-hmm. and you were saying earlier that people feel like they have a voice and they can kind of contribute. And I think that is literally, what's going to continue happening.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you can't ignore your consumer at the end of the day. You know, they are what makes brands happen. So we need to know what they're thinking, what they're feeling, um, how they think, how they how they feel about what we're doing. Are we getting the the positive results from a campaign? Because people like what we're putting out there. Um, mm-hmm. You can learn a lot by, by listening to your consumer.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think with social media, we know consumers aren't scared to, to air their views. You'll very quickly know if someone's unhappy.
2: <laughs> mm, absolutely, yeah. Uh, that's when they get very chatty.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know earlier last year, Shower to Shower had an influencer campaign around its sensitive range, and you really wanted to kind of drive awareness. So I don't think, before the campaign, I didn't know there was a sensitive range, and I've got incredibly sensitive skin. So since then, I've even tried it out, and I love it, by the way. Please, can you maybe just give us a bit of an overview of, of what this campaign looked like?
2: Sure, yeah. So it was around April last year, middle of COVID, best time to launch a product. Best! That <laughs> <laughs> um, we launched the Sense to Brange. And, and essentially, what it is, is it's a, a roll on, antiperspirant roll on, um, an aerosol spray, deodorant, and then also a body wash. And they were sort of linked together because they all fall under the banner of sensitive, um, you know, good for sensitive skin. The, the the insight into sensitive skin came out from you know a number of research studies that we did, and it just was a good fit for the brand, and it was meeting a definite consumer need. So we went ahead, we launched it. I'm pleased to say that we are having very very good uh, results so far. Two of the things that are quite unique to the the range, I would say, is the first one. Is that it was launched as a range, so it kind of really talks to that regime within a brand. You can use it from for freshening up in the morning as you roll on a deodorant, the and then you use it in the shower. So it's about a range that looks after all your needs throughout the day. And then secondly, that often with uh, people with sensitive skin have to go out and buy, you know, very very plain products, products that yep. have a fragrance. And what was quite nice with this range was that we were giving you the product to suit your sensitive skin, but also had a beautiful fragrance, you know, especially tested and dermatologically endorsed to be suitable for all the skins.
0: So, what type of influences did you use for this campaign and why did you kind of go in that direction?
2: So, we mainly used um, micro and nano influences, which are your, uh, your smaller influences. We what was great about them was that we we got influencers that actually had sensitive skin, and I think some or most of them were shower to shower users. So it was really great to um, have those kind of people on board because um, you know they they could so sort of relate to the issue, they love the brand, and we feel that with this smaller sort of type of influencer, we get a lot more engagement where. I think the the, the the fans feel that they have a much more personal, personal, closer relationship to the influencer. It's coming from kind of a trustworthy source um, rather than some A-lister, you know, shouting about a particular brand. So for this particular campaign where um, we needed people to trust and to be educated about the product, it just felt like a good fit, you know, to have the micro, the nano influencers on board.
0: It's such a good fit. And like you say, they're already users of your brand. So for them to also use it and also give you feedback whether they like it or they don't like it or if it plays up on their sensitive skin is also incredibly good for your market development or your product development if there are issues. And if everyone knows I've got sensitive skin, if I start talking mm. about something, they'll be like, you know what, if Anne can use it on her sensitive skin, mm. it's, it's a pretty good product. I'll try it out. So Absolutely.
2: Yeah, and that's exactly what um, what the case was, because these influencers actually had sensitive skin and could you know tell their story and use the products and almost have like a before and after and, and report back, you know, it was quite powerful, I think.
0: So what metrics did you measure for this campaign or kind of what would success have looked like for you before you started with it?
1: Hashtag no filter. That's how this podcast is delivering real down-to-earth stories told by real people. For an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real-life situations, go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing.
2: So um, our objective from the outset was that we needed to spread the word about this new range. We wanted people to, you know, people know shower to shower as the one word that always gets associated with us fresh. Everyone knows that it's in most of our communication. It's, It's what we stand for. So it was important for us to let people know that you know we're still fresh, but now we're offering you this additional consumer benefit in terms of metrics we were we were really looking at um, or objectives rather we were looking at reach and impressions. Um, we still wanted engagement obviously, but it was it was the most important thing was to get this out there, get people talking about it. so um, in terms of this campaign, um, we certainly achieved. The metrics on uh, the measurement on impressions and reach. We had over a million impressions. We had. Amazing. Yeah, over 750,000 reach. And it came in, in terms of cost wise as well, it was a good sort of acceptable cost level of around 10,58 per thousand. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, the campaign certainly beat those benchmarks and it was done within a very very happy and acceptable sort of level of cost.
0: Oh, that's amazing! Yeah. I mean, that's really good results.
2: Yes, I think I think we were happy with the results, and I think the inclusion of influencer marketing into the campaign also just you know gave you that sense that it was a more rounded campaign. Yes, yeah. we had other elements to the to the campaign, but you know, with having TV and out of home and all these other elements as part of your campaign. It's always good to have the more personal stuff as well and feel that it's really well-rounded.
0: I completely agree. I think it all complements each other. They're not competing. I think Mm. if you do it properly and you do it well, we are very multifaceted as people as humans, right? We not only... On Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or social media as a whole. We're also watching television. We're also driving around. We're seeing billboards. We're reading newspapers. We're doing all these things. A well-rounded campaign is always good just to keep the the product and the messaging top of mind for me. So when I do need to go stock up on my um, toiletries, I'm going into disc chem, the first thing I'm going to think is like, oh, shout, shower, out, save the bridge. Let me have a look.
2: Absolutely I mean it's part of it's just part of those touch points, isn't it? Like you know seeing the brand where you expect it, but where you also don't expect it, and having those multiple touch points as well to really sort of reinforce the brand in the in the mind of the consumer
0: exactly, and thinking about having an influencer who's nano or micro, it might be someone you know someone in your circle all of a sudden that that touch point stands out so much more even
2: yeah i think it comes down to this sort of thing of trustworthiness and Mm. it's it's the modern day word of mouth you know absolutely you know if i had sensitive skin and i said i would probably ask a friend or put it out there on one of my whatsapp groups like guys do you know you know can anyone recommend you know a product or whatever announce this is like the modern day version of that i think
0: I 100% agree with you. And I also think especially people on social media, especially with the nano guys, when um, someone puts something like that up, it often gets taken offline, you'll send me a WhatsApp or a DM and ask me more about the product. Mm-hmm. I know micro influencers as well gets a lot of DMs, um, just asking questions that people don't feel comfortable to put put on a public forum. And that's what it's all about. In the end of the day, yeah. those private conversations. Mm-hmm.
2: We saw that as part of this campaign as well. A couple of success in you know in getting conversations onto dark media, into the dark social space. So that was really really cool to see.
0: My other question to you is then: Did you do the influencer campaign in house, or did you use a specialist agency for this?
2: Yes, we used a specialist agency um, called The Salt. Um, it was it was good having them on board because um, you know there's just such a so many many parts to a campaign like this. I think that maybe people don't realise is you know you've got to recruit your your influencers. You've got to make sure they are who they say they are that um, you know they're the right type of person. You know what's what's handy with the salt is that there's a pre-questionnaire that you do um, where you can find out all sorts of demographic information about your target and even to the extent of sort of attitudes and the way people feel about <coughs> excuse me about things. So yeah, so that was was very really handy. and I think also an agency um, is there to really do the analysis and the reporting. So yeah, all in all, um, having a specialist agencies on board is definitely the way to go. Yeah, look,
0: I always say they take the pain of influence marketing away because they just, they've just they been doing it forever, they've paid their dues, they're not making. They're not playing games, they're not guessing. Mm-hmm. They know what works and doesn't work.
2: Absolutely.
0: So the next question for you is, I ask every single guest I have on the podcast, I ask this question just purely because I find it fascinating how I think just the whole, uh, especially in the marketing space, how our perceptions have changed over time when it comes to influencer marketing Mm. and Claire I just want to know before you ever got involved in an influencer campaign what was your perception of
2: this marketing channel? What I was going to say is that um, it was a new exciting technology or um, a new medium that burst onto the scene and before that I had seen one or two things I think with global campaigns and and There was definitely a sense of scepticism. Oh, you know, here's Jay-Z, you know, (laughs) endorsing this toothpaste. And there was a sense of scepticism. And it's now become – so there was a little bit of backlash, I think. People weren't really believing it. And, you know, this guy's getting paid millions to talk about this brand, etc. But that is definitely – changed and it's become a lot it's, it's become much more the part of the marketing mix it's part of what we do and i think that also the shift into smaller influences has contributed to that because it's become a lot more relatable and um and believable and more credible so yeah I, I initially had my concerns when I read, I read about stuff and googled a bit on you know who was how these things worked and uh, what people thought about it. but I think it's, I think it's changing and I think with the advent of your, your smaller influences that, is, that has also helped to shift that perception.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with you more. I think it started with a celebrity endorsement and I think that mm. went on for a long time. I think it even started way before we even had a name for it. Yeah. Um. And people definitely started just became like it was just another advert, right? Yes, it's like, yes. I don't believe Jay Z actually has that toothpaste in his bathroom.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, he's getting paid. They took a professional photograph of him, and there he is. Yeah. Um. And I think to your point, even last year there was a couple of campaigns where some brands just got it really, really wrong. Where they used I'm not going to say the brand name, but I'm sure you'll know who this was, there was like a soap brand last year who Mm -hmm. had a very luxe influencer who was quite big on it. And every comment was, there's no way she actually uses that. Mm -hmm. That's not Mm -hmm. kind of who she is. And I think it's very important for brands to keep in mind who their end user is Mm -hmm. and who they relate to because that for me was a case in point of, they didn't understand, you know, what the dynamic was because just having someone who people love and who's really big but it doesn't align with your brand it's just as damaging as, as anything can be in marketing
2: yeah absolutely I mean you've got to be you've got to be cautious and you've got to like you say bear in mind who you're talking to and how you want people to think about your brand and almost like ask some questions to yourself you know well could this be perceived in that way you've we've got to be responsible as marketers you know to do do the right thing um be be aware of what what we're putting out there because um you know it can have very negative results if you don't
0: for sure and i think we've moved uh and we've evolved very much far away from you just need someone with a big following that, that's yeah. not what it is anymore
2: absolutely yeah
0: So Claire, is there any big learnings or insights over your almost decade of doing influence marketing that you can kind of share with us that we can learn from as well?
2: I think for, as far as influencers go, I think um, I have learned in the past about checking into the backgrounds. And sometimes when you have an agency on board, they can certainly assist you with this. But I think also as the brand owner, you need to... Um, be very, very sure and careful about who you're contracting. I've, I've, myself, gone, looked into people's profiles, see what sort of suspicious following they have, what they do in their personal lives. You know, there are things that may not be in line with with your brand values and not something that you want to associate with. And I'm always a big fan of checking into those kind of things. So,
0: that's a great one, actually, because I feel like a lot of times we kind of take it at face value, that the influences that we want are so great. And then when you go like a year or two ago, you're like, oh, there was a bit of a scandal we didn't know about. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's a great one just to keep in mind, and I know it takes a bit of effort. And like to say, um, the agencies should help you with that. But it's always that peace of mind that if you do it yourself, you kind of know mm-hmm. yeah. that you've got the right
2: person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just don't want that that backlash, and you want to do the right thing, and you want to, you know, position your brand in a very positive light. And we've got to just tick all the boxes, you know.
0: No, for sure. And I think it's a big job, especially in the era of, of social media and everything just going at a million miles a minute for marketers to just keep updated to what's going on, who's saying what, who mm-hmm. not to go close to. It's, it's, it's hard. It's a lot of pressure.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely,
0: yeah. So Claire, that brings us to the end of our chat. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today. I really, really appreciate it. But before we go, can you please tell our listeners where they can find you online, if they want to know more about you or if they want to know more about Shower to Shower, where they can also
2: look that up. Okay. So um, for the brand, uh, you can find Shower to Shower at Shower to Shower SA on Facebook. And then on Instagram, we at Shower to Shower. We have a a great uh, Facebook page, about 140,000 fans. Um, we're very active there, keeping up to date, trying to regularly put out some really engaging, fun content. And, yeah, we'd love to have people pop past and give us a thumbs up.
0: Claire, thank you so much again, and I hope we
2: speak soon again. Okay. Thanks, Anne. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: It's a huge pleasure. Bye, Claire.
2: Bye.
1: This podcast series has been made possible by The Salt influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community. Go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how The Salt can help you grow your business.